Welcome back to Hashtag Single with Jeanette Bonner. I am not a relationship expert or sex therapist. I'm just a regular New York City woman navigating the world as a single, independent feminist. Hashtag Single is about having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. So I hope you'll join me on this interesting, challenging, and complex journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. Welcome back to Hashtag Single. I'm Jeanette, your host. Thanks so much for being here with us today for another awesome one-on-one episode. I did that for my guests who are Canadian. I was just trying to be <laughs> extra New York for them. My awesome guests. <laughs> um, really excited to connect with two badass singles that I connected with recently. Two more strangers that the internet has brought us together. Um, I'm so excited to chat with you. Stephanie, welcome to Hashtag Single. Thank you, Jeanette. It's super fun. And Yay. I love that. Awesome. awesome. I'm going to practice that now. <laughs> and you can practice your Canadian, eh? E, I love it. I love an A or a sorry. I'll throw in a sorry, sorry. every once in a while. Um, and Stephanie brought her friend Kyle. Kyle, welcome to Hashtag Single. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. So, Kyle, you know the rules. You're just going to sit back and listen while mm-hmm. Stephanie and I chat about her single life. And um, we'll check in with you in a little bit, see what you have to say. How's that sound? Sounds great. Thank you. Cool. Let's get started. Stephanie, well, let's tell the world um, where you are. You're in Toronto. Um, I'm in a city called London, Ontario, but it's like two hours from Toronto. Oh, my bad. But I, I was, That's okay. I, was... <laughs> I lived in Toronto, though, for 10, for 10 years, and that's where I met Kyle. Uh, but it. even when I lived in Toronto, I would say I'm from London, which is literally two hours away, and they're like, wait, you don't have a British accent. So I'm like, oh, oh London, Ontario, Canada. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but and we take also... all the names from England, so. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> we have the Thames River, we have Stratford, like everything, so. It's easier to just say Toronto. And yeah. people are like, <laughs> feel like, yeah, yeah, up there. Up there exactly. somewhere. Um, cool. Yeah, so Stephanie and I don't know each other, but we're going to. We just connected recently. Um, as uh, uh, I've been able to record virtually, I've been asking people from wherever who's interested in chatting with me. So excited to make new friends. Um, let's start at the beginning, as we always do. Tell me where you're at in your single life, your single journey. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I've been single for a very long time. Uh, <laughs> I'm Dreadful. 41, and I, you know what? It's funny. I actually didn't really start dating until I was in my 30s, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I was super, super shy and nervous. I had bad anxiety, so I was fearful of anyone getting close. I had bad low self-esteem so I literally didn't think any guy would like me Mm. and it wasn't until I moved to Toronto and I kind of became more like I went I was going back to school which is why I moved to Toronto I became more a little bit more outgoing kind of learning things and being more me and I started dating a few guys here and there I dated this one guy on and off for five years but it was a terrible terrible relationship he was emotionally abusive and uh but that was kind of the catalyst for me because i really thought he was the one and i believe that you know Mm -mm. i do i do know that feeling so much uh but actually i'm really grateful for that relationship because i grew and i i became more me out of it and i'm I, i take what i can from it um and I'm able to share with other people my story as well. So I'm I'm grateful for it. But during the time it happened, it sucked, obviously. <laughs> yeah, good for you. I mean, 
I think it's really interesting that you had to move to a city to like find your confidence and your self-assuredness, but like, that's really cool. And, um, you know, as shitty as it is to be in an emotionally abusive relationship and a relationship that goes off and on, like I, even you just saying the phrase off and on, I think a lot of people can resonate with that because we know what that means. That in itself is emotionally abusive, that like push pull of like, no, we're not doing this. I want you again. No, we're not doing this. I want you again. Um, Like as shitty as it is, it really does teach you about your values and does help you get stronger about defining what you want and what you don't want for yourself. Right. And you know, it's funny because I I don't know if you ever did this, but I wrote a list of the guy that the qualities and stuff that I wanted in a guy and he checked them all. So, and we were friends first. So that's why I was like, Oh, he's the one he checks off all my boxes, but that was me. Not really. My boxes are different now. <laughs> yes. And it's you know? like good on paper things where you're like, your brain is like, logically, this should make sense. Yeah. And, but your heart is like, no girl, go, you know what I mean? Like your gut <laughs> is like, get the hell out of here. But your brain's like, no, we're good. This is totally logical. Exactly. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is because I think you have a really interesting perspective on dating because of your background. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you comfortable going into that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Um, So I grew up in a... See, I don't like using the word, the term fundamentalist, but it basically is. So fundamentalist, Christian, conservative background. And Wait, before we go on, can you... um, Because I'm not... I'm I'm going to admit my ignorance. I'm not really sure what fundamentalist is. Can you break that down for us? Oh, okay. Um, Well, I don't really know a good definition for it, but mostly a lot of they they stand up for things like, do you remember Jerry Falwell and the Moral Majority? I don't. Okay. (laughs) Wait, I'm like, is that a movie? Like, no. Okay, so Jerry Falwell was a pastor, uh, the Southern Baptist um, group. They're the reason that a lot of Christians are Republicans. So they bring okay. in like, is it like super vote. traditional values? We're yes. Talking? Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Very traditional family, children oriented, family oriented. Purity culture comes out of there. So you can't oh. have sex until marriage. Okay. Um, the man. So there's also a, a guy that my dad used to really follow named Bill Gothard. And one of his principal was the umbrella. So the man is the head of the household Oof. and then the woman is underneath and then she's over the children. And there's a lot of. I grew up in all this thinking that was normal, like it's biblical, and that's of how, course. how we have to abide because it says so in Philippians or Ephesians. And, uh, but I've been learning over the last few years how, how a lot of this is damaging, to, especially to women. And yeah, no, no, we weren't like crazy. Like my, Some people take that and abuse it like the man will abuse his wife and like of course it, it wasn't really like that in our family it was just the belief that the man is the head and now my mom worked as well so we could you could still work you wouldn't have to ha- you didn't have to be a stay-at-home mom and so I kind of grew up thinking okay I'm gonna go to school and maybe get a job but the whole point of it I believed the only really Thing I should be doing is getting married and having a family and being a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. That was what I really just thought my life was, and I had no other purpose. And that I, a man should take care of me. So that's kind of where I come from. And it's really hard though because 
Christians, and this is a really funny thing, because they can't have sex before marriage, they tend to get married when they're 19, 20, 22 is like old, I think. Um, And so when you're in that, you're in the church and you're getting, you know, 24, 25, you don't have a boyfriend, you don't have a husband, you start to feel weird. And and then by the time you're 30, you're like, I'm an old maid. And and that's what's really hard because you see, you see the other people and you don't really fit, you know, they want to put you with the college and career, which are like early twenties, but you're 35 and you're like, well, I'm in a different stage of life, but the people your age are all married with kids. So you don't feel like you fit. And, and a lot of things are focused on the family instead of kind of helping singles to navigate the world as well. And be okay. Like, it's, I'm okay. I'm happy being single. You know, I'd like to get married, sure, but I'm okay. I've learned so much and I'm grateful for what I've been able to do. But it's, it's been hard, especially as a person who still goes to church, to have that kind of environment where it's so focused on the family all the time. Are you still going to church like a a fundamentalist church or have your views adopted? My views have changed much to the chagrin of (laughs) a lot of family and friends. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm becoming, eh, yeah, it's scary because if I say I'm becoming more, a little bit progressive or liberal, it's like, Oh, how dare you? You know, (laughs) you're not a Christian and the devil um, has taken you. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, that's, that's how a lot of it is. Oh my gosh. You know, that rhetoric is super present in America. Like, that's not a surprise to anybody. That's like (laughs) literally how Trump, you know, how what helped Trump win. Yeah. But, you know, what resonated with me when you were talking, we talk about this on the podcast a lot, is um, the presence of like shame uh, in our culture and our society that we carry with us as women for being single for no freaking reason but something someone has planted these ideas in our mind that at this age we shouldn't we shouldn't be single because of whatever and that means that we've failed or we've done it wrong you know and especially if you're brought up in a church or a family or a situation that that encourages early marriage if you don't end up like you said fitting that mold by sheer happenstance you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. we're not in we're in control of who we fall in love with, right? Who you get to meet. Um, then you end up being like, something's wrong with me. And that's that's really painful and damaging. And as somebody who already didn't have any self-esteem, I always thought something was wrong with me. And then the more you, the older you get and you don't have a spouse, you're like, what is really wrong with me? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but- I feel that way sometimes and having not had that background. Like, mm-hmm. I think our culture just sort of infuses that with like, a, oh, I didn't I, I didn't get picked for dodgeball feeling, you know, like everyone else got picked <laughs> right. but me. And like, what's wrong? What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, a lot of this podcast has been meeting with other single people who are happy and, you know, just reminding people like this is so terrible, but like <laughs> I just came back from a vacation at Antigua, right? And we saw couples everywhere. You know, everyone was on their honeymoon. And my friends and I kept seeing that like we were on a boat once, a catamaran, and there was one point where we were talking very loudly because we were laughing really hard and we realized that everyone was listening to us because nobody was talking on the boat. <laughs> like, like all the couples were just sitting 
Were they were was, they making out or were they just sitting? No, like, no, they were like enjoying the view or whatever, but they oh. weren't talking to each other. They were just <laughs> sitting. And I looked at her and I was just like, marriage looks super boring. <laughs> she was like, I don't know what's wrong with these people. They're on their honeymoon and they're tired of talking to each other already. <laughs> and I was like, not for nothing, but like, if that's marriage, like I'm good. <laughs> you know oh. what I mean? Well, the only thing, okay, so I I've I know some people who got married young and they're they're doing well like they're that's fine the thing I have a hard time with I have seen this so much it's so damaging that be, when people get married so young um, they're getting into bad relationships a lot of times I know that's happened to so many women I know and then they feel stuck because well you really can't get divorced depending on the church um, oh oh it's anti-divorce as well it depends like I know somebody who's been emotionally abused in a relationship and they said well you made a vow you're not allowed to leave like I mean that is old school that is old school and I I was so pissed and (laughs) I remember even talking because I was at uh, a university and talking to other Christians as well and they're like well I was like what are you kidding me I now that's not all churches the church I go to they're very much like you can get divorced it's fine but I have a problem with that kind of stuff happening because it's keeping people and not just women but it happens mostly to women uh, in these relationships and just because there's no bruises you know Oh my goodness! I I'm sorry. I got really angry. I talked too. About it. Because here's what people what people are not seeing is that that is the model for their children, yes. and so what you're actually doing is now raising children with a bad role model or a, a, a bad expectation of what marriage is, and that trickles down into their adult lives and in their expectations of relationships and how they treat women yep. and and or their partners and or their children. Like, it's not as simple as like, she's not happy. It's, it's destructive on every level. Right. And I remember when divorce, my parents were were talking about like when divorce started becoming more acceptable and legal. Oh, you know, it's people should be married forever. And I've heard this before from from different people. And I used to believe that too, right? But now that I understand things so much more clearly, (laughs) I'm thinking no, because our parents' generation and our grandparents and all those go before us, they a lot of them had terrible marriages and especially the women were stuck in there. Yeah. You know, you couldn't divorce. And, you know, I feel but so But that's awful let's for remember them. like that was because of financial dependency. True. Like it True. still blows my mind that my mom could not get birth control unless she was married. Aww. That's like that's a something that I just like I grew up assuming I could have that when I was fourteen. You know what I mean? I never questioned it. Whether I want to be on birth control is my choice. The fact that like she didn't have access to that uh, unless she was married is bananas to me. Mm, Wow. Like that's that's not that long ago. Right. What I mean. True. Or or you couldn't get your own bank account in the 50s without a husband. Right. So that's like (laughs) you literally forced women to partner up. Yep. But so I'm curious, like when was it or what was it that changed your mind about about divorce? Um, I think it was just talking to people, like even in the workforce, because I've gone to different schools and I've had jobs in between. I'm I'm always kind of trying to figure things out. <laughs> so, um, so just meeting people with different backgrounds. Just meeting people, yeah, yeah, and hearing different stories. And but I think the but, thing that was really the because it was 
it was really within the last 10 years, I think the church is, is starting to catch up with talking about abuse. And I've met so many women who, who tell me, yeah, I think it was like 30% of women in the church are in terrible relationships and people don't know it. Whoa. And I'm like, why are we not fucking talking about this? Like, it, I'm, I get so angry. Percentage. Yeah. <laughs> and I they're mean, scared like, because, and then we also blame the women. Like, if, if she were to leave her husband, it'd be like, well, she left she him. She ruined the family. Yeah, yeah. Right? That that really bothers me, too, because it's like, well, you don't even know the situation. And a lot of times, well, maybe it's him. And I'm not saying it is all the time. I'm just saying that happens more. Yeah, I mean, like you look at studies, you look at percentages. Most of the time, the abuse, physical and emotional abuse is coming from the man in the relationship. Yeah. I'm not afraid of saying that that's, a, that's an actual statistic so and I would have been in that like if I had married that guy that I was dating on and off for five years I would have been in this situation and he would have killed my spirit I yeah. would have been a shell of the woman I am now and I'm so much more empowered being single or I, I mean I just haven't found the right guy yet but I being on this journey has empowered me whereas I know if I got married when I was 21 I wouldn't be the person I am today so I'm really How old were you when you were dating him? I think I was 31 or 32. And like, what was the thing that caused you to sort of wake up one day and be like, no, I deserve better? Well, it was funny because I'd have friends who were telling me like, Steph, he's he sucks. He's not good for you. <laughs> straight up. <laughs> straight up. He sucks. But it was, I was so, I thought he was good lucky. Like I was just so in love with him. He was the first guy I ever really loved. And I don't know. I was just in a really bad place. But it was kind of like after I kept seeing him when we were on and off all the time, the last time I saw him, uh, we were hanging out and he was just, he would go on and on and on. Like he was bipolar and paranoid schizophrenic. So, of course, that, that's a great combination. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying it's all his fault. He had a really rough childhood. So, I, you know, I feel bad for him. But anyways, he would just go on and on and on about the news, about politics. And he wouldn't even go, hey, how's your day? So if you were to say something about just nice things like, oh, I had a lovely visit with so-and-so, like he wouldn't care. Mm. And he only wants to talk about politics and, and religion and um, the news and stuff. So the last time I saw him, he was just going on and on and on. And he got angry at me for asking a question. And I was just like, ew. <laughs> I had that ew moment. And then after I left, like his sister was there too. And then she's like, oh, do you want to stay for dinner? And he seemed really pissed. So I was like, uh, no, I think he wants me to go. So I'll go. And then he texted me and he goes, it's not going to work out. I'm so sorry to have hurt you. And I'm like... Nah, we're good. You didn't hurt me. See ya. Oh my God. So he's the one that actually officially pulled the plug. Yeah, which sucks. I wish I'd done it first. I was tempted <laughs> to. <laughs> but but how great that you like had that feeling in your stomach that day. So yeah. that, that that didn't hurt you as much. Oh, it was fantastic. I was like, oh, I'm free because I don't yeah. care anymore. <laughs> but isn't it? It's so It's so sad that it takes us so long for our like intuition and our gut to catch up with our or the other way around, our brain to catch up with our intuition and our gut to be like, mm -hmm. something's not right, you know? Yeah. Was his background Christian by any chance? Yes. Yeah. I met him at church. <laughs> oh, oh my God, the plot thickens. Oh, uh, yeah. So do you, did you think that he was 
fundamentalist or um, what's the word they use here? Oh, evangelical. Um, that's that's the same thing. Uh, well, see, I don't know. I don't know all the terms. I've just been reading a whole lot and um, learning about the the background of a lot of things. And I was like, oh, my childhood makes so much more sense. Yeah. And now I, I'm as I'm learning more, I'm like seeing how I don't agree with a lot of it anymore. <laughs> or yeah. I just, yeah, it's become this thing that really is not even what a Christian is. It, 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 yeah. I don't want to well, really get into the whole religion. No, aspect, no. But... I'm so glad you said that <laughs> sentence because that's what really riles me up about like evangelicals in America. Well, like when you go down to the basics, I'm, I'm, was brought up Catholic. I'm not an active practicing Catholic because my brother's gay and we have some Mm. obviously issues and conflicts with that. Right. Um, But, you know, the true basis of the Bible and like the teachings of Jesus, like truly about kindness and love, love and trust and forgiveness and welcoming others who are sick and need help and taking care of of your neighbor like it's just like um like how did all these beautiful things get bastardized into this self-serving culture of dominance and patriarchy you know what i mean of like like the it's it's it drives me crazy and it makes me mad the way that people have taken something really lovely and um molded it to their own use and abused it in its pure form oh you are speaking you're preaching to the choir i'm speaking your truth (laughs) honestly jeanette this has been my struggle over this last year and uh yeah i and you know i'm actually reading jimmy carter's book called faith and he was a democrat and he was a christian and i remember we were growing up we were like how could he be a christian he was a democrat like it's all this (laughs) bullshit and so weird and i actually lately i gotta be honest with you i've been very frustrated and saddened by the posts I see with a lot of people I know who are they're so like against certain things and nowhere am I seeing anybody crying for like we had a Muslim family that was just hit um about a week ago and killed in my city here and murdered (laughs) murdered oh no and we have you know they keep finding the graves of indigenous children across Canada in the residential schools. I don't know if you've heard of that. And how many people am I not seeing posts like it's like, like talk, not... even talking about it? Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm just like, isn't that the whole point? Like, aren't we supposed to care about victims? I'm getting emotional because I just I see this so often, and it makes me really angry. And the people are like, "Why are you always getting angry at us?" And I'm like, "Well, come on, <laughs> why do <Yeah>. we care?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's become very self-serving, and uh, it's been uh, the. I feel the tw- the truth has been twisted to serve our own needs and our own uh, self-centeredness and our own anger. You know. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've turned this into a religious podcast. No, I have too. I just realized <laughs> I was like, we are so off topic. But I'm so no. I'm so glad that we're talking about this because I do think that all these things are very linked. I mean, I didn't really know how patriarchal fundamentalism is. Uh, in terms of like dating and family structure. Um, I guess I just, I mean, I knew it, but like, I didn't realize it was as current as it is today. So, but let's, let's get back to you, you know, now that we've Mm -hmm. picked apart all the cultural (laughs) problems of the world, (laughs) Um, you know, so how have you taken all of this information and all of this healing and moved forward? Like, how are you actively dating today? Oh, 
I'm not right now. You're not. Okay, you're you know, a break. I was listening to some of your your other podcasts, and I so resonate when they were talk, talking about how they have a hard time with online dating. Okay, I have tried it. It's so hard, and I get like these old men who message me. <laughs> Oh my God. I must have been doing it wrong, maybe, but uh, I don't know. It's just hard. And like like some of your, your previous guests were saying, you can tell people's energy in person. And I'm like a highly sensitive person, so I can... I can really read people well. So I would probably tell within a few minutes if I like this person or not, (laughs) or if I felt safe with them, if they were there, if there's something off, I could probably be like, eh, there's something wrong that I, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So I don't know, but it's also difficult with the pandemic and not meeting up. Like we've been in lockdown here in Ontario off and on, like for a whole year. It's still ongoing, right? Yeah. We're just opening up phase two, whatever that means. I don't even know. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Phase two. Um... Restaurants? Restaurants are yeah. have been open for a while, but only patio. You can't sit inside. Right. Outside, outdoor dining. So um, I think step phase two is maybe where it, it's... Hairdressers are opening up. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, with the pandemic, it's been like, oh, boy. But I don't... Yeah. So <laughs> did you take a break because of the pandemic, or are you just, like, not a fan of online dating, period? I'm not a fan of online dating. I I, yeah. I always say, hey, like I tell my friends, hey, should I go, go for it? Go for it. And then I'm like, something stops me. And I'm thinking, oh, no, I don't want to do this right now. Maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, I had that instinct last night. Um, I was kind of chatting with this guy for a month and um, been trying to set up a, a, a time to actually get together. And each time was like, hey, really sorry, busy at work. You know, we we're supposed to meet up last night and he didn't text me all day and then was like, hey, sorry, just got back from the beach, needed to break a break. I've got to get some work done tonight. And I was like, I just hit my wall. And I was like, I'm really tired of like making plans with you and then you blowing me off. Like mm. it's not it wasn't like a <clears throat> we didn't set a time. We didn't set a place. It was a casual. Let's get together. But like, I'm just I'm just done with you not trying. So, you know, I sent him a text that was like, it's totally OK. You sound super busy right now. I don't think it's we should try to met, meet up, but I'm sure our paths will cross again. Just sort of like cut it off. Mm-hmm. And I immediately went on Hinge to feel to feel like I had some options. <laughs> and I think I got it. I got like six guys in and was exhausted. Wow. <laughs> I hate it. I hate having to go through people's profiles and, and judge them and be like, no, yes, no. Like, it's an icky feeling. Oh, I know. You know, so like I have such a low tolerance. I was like, I'm just going to do this until I find like three guys that I like and then we'll shut it down. And I like couldn't get there. I was like, ick, I'm going to watch TV. <laughs> it's yeah. also hard because I hate that. I hate small talk. Hey, hey, how are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? It's not what even you small talk. I, I make fun of this all the time. It's it's hey, how are you? How is your day going? Cool. How's your day? Cool. Hey, how are you? How's your day going? Cool. But you know, yeah, like you said, it's it's an energy thing. Like by the time you actually, um, if you get to meet, like the problem is sometimes you're like thirty seconds in, you're like I'm I'm good, and that's a waste of an evening because it's you can't. It's so hard to bow out after. 30 minutes you know right and in, in, in a polite way and you guys can't even really waste your evening yet so <laughs> that makes sense you know but if you're not I, I hear what you're saying like if you're not online dating period um yeah you're just gonna sort of have to wait and try to meet people in real life again well and it's funny because I was always like how am I ever gonna find somebody when I'm an introvert and when I, you know when you're working and you're so exhausted the thought of even meeting somebody new 
was so tiring. So I'm like, oh, man, is, <laughs> am I going to be single forever because I just don't go out and meet people? <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people are in that boat. I yeah. really think. And I think a lot of those people end up on online dating who don't know how to have conversations. And like, that's why you get into the the like, hey, how are you? trap over and over again <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's like it's it's not actually a solution but it's the only solution people can think of they're like right oh, well if I'm in a pandemic or if I don't know how to meet girls on the street I'll just go online I feel like online dating is really hard and it takes a lot of skill and effort and energy and so it's like an entirely different approach to dating and and mindset and if if you don't have those skills it's not going to work either you know what I mean it's not right a, Cross the board solution. Well, Would you be open to meeting people at your church, or do you think you're going to try to stay away from, you know, connecting with people over religion? Well, I started going to this church, a small church, just during the pandemic. So I haven't really met people, just been online. Uh, but a lot of them, to be honest, I doubt I'm going to find anyone my age, or they're all married. Uh, oh, the irony. This yes. is the problem with finding people at church. That's why you find them when they're 20 or you're like 18 or something. Like, oh, here's a guy. And it's so funny because my friends and I have talked about this. If there's that one really cool guy in youth group or in the, the college and career, there's like one or two usually. And all the girls are like, oh, oh. And then they like fawn over him all the time. And then you're like, oh, I got no chance. It's really, I mean, it's so, it's so petty and, but it's hilarious. Um, I can't even imagine. I feel like it's just smacks of high school to me. It is. It is. But you know, what's the, the, the silliness is that, well, and let me ask you this in just a second, but the whole reason that you couldn't have sex before marriage is obviously birth control, right? So the whole, like you have to get married in order to have sex was so that children would be born into wedlock, right? But now we have birth control, right? So technically that that's no longer a necessity. But then I guess um, that brings me up to this question is like, is birth control allowed in the fundamentalist Christian church? It depends on the person. Like the, the my kind of environment and people I know, yes, they do take birth control. Most do. Um, it's actually because in one of the books in the New Testament, uh, Paul the Apostle says something about uh, sex be- for marriage or something. Um, I don't know where. <laughs> so basically, that's they're like you. You have- could literally make up anything right now, and I would believe you. Okay, I, you, know, uh- you know your Bible better than I do, so I'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah, Melissa said that in the fourth quarter of Job. <laughs> so yeah, so it's basically it's just you're not supposed to do it until because they they do this thing in um in youth group where they take two pieces of paper and they glue it together and they're like this is what happens when you have sex and then you try to tear it apart and the one piece of paper is stuck on the other bit <gasps> so they're like it's like you're 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 become one flesh and it's god designed for marriage and stuff like that so that's how they kind of make you feel like it's also a shaming <sighs> thing like if a woman is mar- if she has sex before marriage and then the guy is like well I had to forgive her for having sex before marriage because I was supposed to be the one it deflowering her Ugh. yeah there's a lot of problems with that and then the it also associates like with modesty culture uh you know if and this is where a lot of the ideas where if a woman is raped like what was she wearing 
What was she yes. doing that made the yes. man fall? The more I learn about it, I'm like, oh my goodness, wow. That's really sad that this is what we've believed, you know. Basically absolves men of all fault and allows them to do what they want so that they can go and have sex before marriage. But if a woman does that, which makes no sense because who's he sleeping with, but if a woman does that, she is a slut, she is a whore, she is not mm-hmm. pure, she is less valuable, she needs to be forgiven. That whole messed up patriarchal power system that allows yeah. allows men to to make their own rules. Well, in the church I went to, like guys are still not supposed to, but it's just from what I've heard, a lot of people say like if the woman does it, then the guy is like, well, I had to forgive her. I, I don't know. It depends on maybe the person and what they grew up believing. Or We didn't really have it that bad. It was just like nobody's supposed to have sex before marriage. But that's why you get these kids, 18, 19, 20. Okay, we're going to get married. Okay, we're going to have sex. Okay, we're having a baby within nine months. And then now they're in this marriage. And that might be fine for some people. But if you haven't been able to experience life on your own, now you're kind of stuck and now you've got this husband and this kid and you're only 20. Like you haven't even experienced life. And and maybe that's a just, I mean, I've seen this time and time again. You're in a terrible relationship and now you've got kids. I just feel awful for people believing that that's the only way, you know. I mean, it's, yeah. it's less and less now. More and more Christian women are going to university, are starting, they're taking time before they start a family. And that's fine if they if they don't like it's up to them. But I just wish more women felt empowered because I know I didn't. Yeah. And I would have been married at 21 if I'd had the chance, you know, so. Can I ask you one more question before we go over, oh, Kyle? Oh, for sure. What does your family think of you being 41 and single? Oh, they're well, my sister's married with kids. So like there's less pressure on me to have a kid. Um they're supportive. I, I've never really okay. had, uh, like, my mom is not the type that's like, oh, you need to find a man. It was only maybe my grandmother and then other people who would be like, I mean, I would get comments here and there from people, family, friends and stuff. But no, my parents are pretty cool cool okay. about it. So, but my okay. nephew was like, when's Aunt Stephanie going to get married? <laughs> I'm like, and he was, I want to like, meet the guy now. He goes, I want to meet the guy you're going to marry. I'm like, me too, buddy. Right, right. Who do you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Kyle, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, thank you. How are you doing in your your voice of the patriarchy corner over there? You know, I am sweating like never. (laughs) I don't, for all, if you have any Christian listeners that would listen to this podcast, like I feel like Daniel in the lion's den right now, like... (laughs) <laughs> We're going to roast know. you over the fire. <laughs> yeah. Like, I had no idea that this would kind of turn into, like, it would go the direction that it did with, like, religion. Because I listened to your other podcast, and I was like, oh, great. Okay, cool. I can do this. <laughs> and then Stephanie's like, yeah, let's let's talk about religion. And I was like, oh, frig. Uh, <laughs> no, but that's what I'm like. I just, when we, we connected, I was like, you know, I've never talked about this on the podcast before. And you can imagine I'm, like, 50 episodes in. A lot of, we have, there's a lot of recurring themes. Yeah. So I was like, this is so interesting to talk to someone with this background and how it influences our 
our approach to dating, our single lives. So, um, you know, sure. I, I think it's a fascinating conversation and it's not to skewer anybody or to like, um, yeah, it's a feminist podcast, right. About how, how that's, those things are damaging and harming. Mm. Um, but obviously, like I said, I'm Catholic myself. This is nothing a, against religion in any way or the way people practice, but it is about certain I think old fashioned, unnecessary practices and institutions that need to go away, shall we For say? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, um, it sounds like the lions are hungry, so I don't know if I'm going to make it out alive. <laughs> bring uh, it, but, bring it, get in there. Well, yeah, um, we'll let's, we'll let's start with this. Like, do you have a religious background or like, how does your background, religious or familial, kind of influence your present dating life? Were you brought up in like a patriarchal structural or like, as Stephanie said, like umbrella structure family. Um, so no, uh, and that's kind of the weird thing was that, um, you know, I, I didn't grow up Christian, um, but, you know, I think my, my father and mother religion to them was kind of, uh, it was like a sour thing. Like, um, basically I was born out of wedlock. So my dad and mom, you know, it was the... Uh, it was the 80s and you know everybody was into rock and roll and drugs and partying and nice you know so so my mom and dad were very much into that culture uh you know they're going out to bars all the time that you know they were hanging out all these like non-christian stuff and then when they met they never actually got married they didn't really care about dating and stuff like that they just hooked up and then you know i was born nine months later and they were like living together um because my dad is Greek Orthodox. That's his background. Mm. Uh, and Orthodox is, like, even more intense than, than totally. Catholic. Um, and my mom grew up in the Salvation Army. But both of them kind of fell away from the church because both of their religious backgrounds that they came from was very, like, it was all based around these rules. And, like, you got to yep. stick on that. So when, you know, when my mom and my dad, they both reached a certain age where they're like, you know what, I don't really want to do this you know faith is not a huge part of my you know it could be a part of my life internally but externally i don't want to go through all the rules and everything so they you know left the church so when i was born like one of the greek orthodox things is like uh you know you have to be baptized when you're a baby uh but my dad and mom were like no we don't want kyle being baptized and from what I understand, that caused like a bit of stress because my grandparents on my dad's side, they were strict Orthodox, you know, Greek people. And to not have the kid baptized was like, you know, that was Scandalous. a no-no. Yeah. yeah. But my dad and my mom said like, oh, if, you know, our kids, when they grow up and they want to have, they want to get into church or they want to do faith, they want us to discover it on our own. They didn't want to push anything again because they didn't want the same thing to happen to me that happened yeah. to them where they felt restricted or felt pushed. Um, so as far as I know, I didn't grow up in the church. Uh, there'd be a few times where I'd go to Orthodox church, like on Christmas or something, just to participate in stuff. But it was mainly like for my grandparents to, yeah. you know, for their, and that was really cool. So I grew up like not a Christian, but I think my dad would still instill in me like good values and stuff. Um so I think for him, like he, he would have like an internal faith, but he would, as far as the external, I don't think he really would care about that much. 
I think it's so interesting. This is like, we've like come full story. Like the three of us are this next generation of people that have sort of inherited this, you know, religious background and sort of pushed through to the other side to recognize the freedom beyond that and the freedom of choice and realizing kind of like that being a certain religion or being labeled a certain religion doesn't attach you to those values. It just means that like, you're a good person. Do you know what I mean? Who, who cares about other people yeah. who are in strife or you're um, a good friend or yeah. you're yeah. Su- supportive in, uh, of your loved ones. So I think that's so, I think that's so interesting. Like you literally tied up that story. Yeah. Such, I mean, such a nice bow. Yeah. Like I believe that, you know, you can still be, you know, you can still have good values. And so I think basically like I became a Christian willingly when I went into high school, I was in a yeah. high school and I was like, you know, uh, I've done the, the good boy thing the whole time I'm in high school. Now I, you know, I want to live a little bit. <laughs> so what's the first thing I do is I join a little church group, which is probably the opposite of living a little bit. So I heard like this announcement of a church group, uh, but I didn't know it was a Christian group. But I like literally in my head, I was like, you know, I want something new. And I want uh, this was like a big thing when Shrek was happening, like a trek or like an adventure kind of deal. Uh, like a quest. That's the word I'm looking for. Wait, are you saying Shrek the movie? Yeah, Shrek the movie. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> I love that like Shrek influenced your choice to join a youth group. That's like are you, that's just the like charming biggest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, just like the word quest came into my mind when I was walking around in high school. And I was like, oh yeah, like I want to go on an adventure and try new things. And then like literally within like two minutes there's this announcement and i remember it like clear as day uh this announcement is like hey today uh at lunchtime come out to this new group called quest and i was like what <gasps> and then uh it's a sign like, you know it's in the lunch room and you can go there and so i was like what the hell i'll go i'll go check it out um so is on my end it was mainly like a coincidence kind of thing and i was like what are the chances of that so anyway so i did that and then i became like very active within the church and I went to a secular high school and me growing up secular, you know, I had a very different perspective than other people in my church. You know, when I started going Sunday morning, I was also very active. I started walking up to every adult I met and I would talk to them and I probably scared a few of them because, you know, here's this 15 year old (laughs) kid walking up saying hi to you and they didn't know who I was. The first thing they would ask is, oh, like, where are your parents? And I'd be like, no, my parents don't go to church. Like, I'm just here. And they're like, what is a 15-year-old doing willingly coming to church? Like, at my age, most people at 15 would be leaving the church. Right, um, right, right. So here I am, you know, willingly coming to church uh, and actively participating in stuff. And, uh, and I think I freaked a lot of people out because that's just something that, you know, wasn't really seen in the in the early 2000s kyle you know what story i'm waiting for did you end up dating somebody in the youth group no i didn't so so when i was younger so like before (laughs) i was a christian i was in public school and i had this belief that i didn't want to date anybody until i was at least in college my thought process was that you know Dating in public school is ridiculous. Like you're you're junior high, so you don't even know what that means. You know, like to to them, holding hands is like the equivalent of having sex. It's like what you held hands with, uh, you know, right. Jessica. Wow, that's crazy. You guys are gonna get married soon. Um, <laughs> Which in Stephanie's case, they were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stephanie was like, they you know, held she's, hands and then they got married. Yeah, Stephanie's like eighteen and she's like, what? You held hands with a boy? Wow. <laughs> Let's get married, and have a baby. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> 
Um, so, but in public school, you know, you don't really know what that is. People get together in high school, but they don't really know what dating is. Then, like, if I meet somebody, I want to meet somebody, like, because I actually genuinely liked them. And I felt that the only way I could do that was if I had freedom. And for me, freedom felt like going to college and being an adult and doing your own thing. Like, I don't really know anybody that... Um, stays together after high school. So for me, That's I true. thought it was kind of a lost cause. Can um, I ask you, can I ask yeah. you a question? Sure. Because it sounds like you were really confident and poised and self-assured and you like, yeah. throughout this journey, you've known like what you want and when it feels like a good time to be dating versus going like focusing on school and stuff. Like, do you think you're kind of like, uh, unique upbringing, especially like with your parents being like, uh, groupies, I love like uh, like rock and roll crowd, and them just like being unique people who kind of went against the grain of their upbringing. Do you think like that value system kind of influenced your choices in dating and who you are today? Yeah, I think definitely. Uh, the other thing is like uh, my my family background is also unique because I came, I grew up in like a very matriarch system. So my grandmother, you know, love I live with my grandparents. So my grandmother was the head of the household. You know, my mm. grandfather was was like quote the head of the household, but he was always the quiet one. So in my family, <laughs> I love it. Yes, you know, in my family, the men were you know like they were the silent ones that you know when they did talk, they you know they had something to say, but most of the time it was the women talking. Yes, um, and the Thank women you. calling the shots. So, <laughs> so that's what I grew up with. So even like growing up, uh, you know, I remember having conversations with like quote unquote like feminist people. But yeah, I, I so, think, like I said at the beginning, I think that's so great. Like I like I really do oh, think that sure. the three of us in our own different ways are representative of how progress is happening and change is happening. And, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, like it's gotten better for the next generation to yeah. recognize, as you said, our freedom of choice. And then you said this phrase that popped up. And I, I just want to repeat it back to you because I really love it. Internal faith. I don't know if you mm -hmm. caught yourself saying that, but that belief system that like, you know, in your heart, what is the right choice? And this sort of goes back to like Stephanie's story, right? Like faith isn't necessarily what's been taught to us in a book or how the way we were raised or the rules of any societal structure or church, right? It's really about like yeah. what, what you, your own system for yourself is and for your best life so i yeah. love that concept i love that you guys are friends like that makes me this this friendship <laughs> makes so much sense to me now and i'm so happy that you guys are in each other's lives like i think you guys are 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 really good for each other in in like uh not in the like i'm not gonna try to couple you up that's not what i'm saying but like really good for you in that kind of like opposites attract kind of way so i think that's that's really awesome. I'm, I'm so happy to like have you both here to share your voices at the same time. Well, I had to laugh when Kyle said he talked to everyone because that's how I met him. He was he was like just chatting up everyone and I was super shy and quiet and he came and started talking to me. He's like, <laughs> <That's> hey, <cool. laughs> which is great because you're an introvert. Like this all makes so much sense to me. I'm loving it desperately yeah. um yeah so you guys i know we could talk about this conversation for like probably if we were if we were somehow in a fantastical world somehow in toronto together at a bar like i'm i'm sure we would have the best time 
<laughs> gotta you know like yeah just going off and meeting random people at the bar kyle just be like hey come join our conversation <laughs> um but like i i love that you know as hard as the pandemic has been i love that it's been able to connect me to people from other countries that i would never have met before to do this podcast and hear about unique backgrounds and points of view so thank you both for your vulnerability and sharing your backgrounds and your stories with a complete stranger that like really impresses me and and um Thank you for trusting me. That means a lot to me as well. Thank you so Thank much, you. Jeanette. This is fun. You bet. You bet. I hope you really enjoyed this really interesting episode. Um, if you have something to share, uh, comment. Please don't say anything mean. But if you want to continue the conversation about your personal background or if you have something to add a- about how maybe your religious background has uh, contributed to your dating life, we'd love to hear from you. Head us up over on Instagram at hashtag single pod. As always, if you can think of a friend who might enjoy this episode, please think of sharing it along and if you're listening on apple podcasts give us a like give us a follow um and um all the things all the things that you do with podcasts you know how it is (laughs) that's it for this episode of hashtag single you guys we'll catch you in another two weeks 